This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're you're tuned in to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We're back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. I'm Lindsey Patterson, one of the best over here, Mike Santagata. Mike, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing well, Lindsey. How are you doing? Not too bad. I don't think Twitter's super happy. I mean, it's like a 50-50% right now because we talked about it. The 53-man roster, no roster ever feels official for the rest of the week. And honestly, throughout the season, injuries, different guys are going to be claimed. Cincinnati's at 31, so that's a little different. There was some news right after we recorded, probably, you know, eight, ten hours later, OG Howard was coming to Cincinnati and it sounded like the guy was going to come in and if everything checked out with the physical, he was going to sign. That didn't happen. And no, so it was, it was a lot of news that ended up being nothing, but, you know, it was exciting. Well, you were one of those people who I feel like were from the beginning. A lot of people getting excited about OJ Howard. We talked about it on Tuesday's podcast. I didn't know he was going to be visiting in Cincinnati. And I think a lot of people get excited about the name. But also you have to look at the situation too. You're coming off an Achilles injury and the Bills paid him to go away. No offense to OJ. He might be a great dude. But unfortunately, he wasn't going to be a tight end in Buffalo. And it didn't happen in Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, when you're paying somebody $3 million to leave your team, um, that's not a great sign. And maybe it's just, oh, he's not a great fit. But I just think like, yeah, even if he's not a great fit, I don't know if I pay him $3 million to leave. Like, I could probably still find a use for him if he's still the old OJ Howard. Um, But yeah, that's why I wasn't super into the idea. I I thought if the Bills are going to pay this guy, a contending team's going to pay this guy $3 million to leave. $3 million they could use elsewhere. Um, yeah, that I was a little not into that. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, you're talking about an Achilles tear. This all makes sense. The, the Achilles tear just saps away so much athleticism. CJ Uzoma is, Uzama is kind of like the exception to the rule where he came back and he was still just as athletic. No idea how he did it because almost everybody else I ever see with an Achilles tear, it's like, ah, man, he used to be so athletic or, you know, something like that. And that probably rings true for OJ Howard. Uh, but I don't know. I haven't seen him on the field. I will say, I mean, Ossie Ossie is pretty athletic and he's not coming off an Achilles tear and he was a decent blocker. At least he put in a lot of effort in New England. So I don't think they downgraded with Ossie Ossie. They just downgraded by the name and the draft capital. 
Do you think, because obviously them sitting at 31 when it comes to claiming a player, that's a little different for Cincinnati over the last few years. Do you think it's because maybe the medicals didn't check out in Cincinnati? That's why he didn't sign here because reports are that he's going to sign with the Texans and they wanted the tight end that they claimed over OJ Howard. If you were to choose between the two, you think Cincinnati got a win with that one? Yeah, I, I think they did. I'm not going to say OJ Howard was too injured to sign. What I think four tight ends seemed like a lot, right? So my guess is they were the 31st waiver claim, and they're probably thinking, well, Aussie Aussie's probably going to get claimed by somebody else. So let's bring in Howard. He's our he's our backup option. Um, now I heard reports that that wasn't the case, but I mean, you look how it ended up coming out, and you think about well, when's the last time they've ever had four tight ends on the roster? Um, I can't think off the top of my head, but not last year. So yeah, my guess is they liked Howard and they loved him in the draft. And then he came in and then they realized they got Asi Asi and they kind of lost the interest in Howard. At least it became way less important to sign him because it made sense that they wanted to bring in a tight end. I don't think Wilcox is the guy um, to be the third tight end. At least you could find an upgrade and that's what both these players probably would be. But yeah, fourth tight end, I don't know. And then we could talk about the other waiver claims, which also made sense to me. Yeah, that was one of the things I, I put out on social media. I still think this team was going to add offensive line depth. And a couple hours later, they add a guard position and Max Sharping. And the thing about the guard position is Zach Taylor talked about it too in his press conference earlier in the day. And he straight up said this because here's one of the things I really like about Zach Taylor. He's honest. Uh, in his interviews and his press conferences, he's not afraid to kind of dance around how he really feels about the position. But when asked about the left guard battle, he pretty much just said, look, Cordell Volson's going to be our starting left guard. And at this very moment, Jackson Carmen is a backup guard. And then they make a claim on another guard position. I said it, you know, previously, I wouldn't be surprised if Jackson Carmen isn't even your backup guard at this moment. What did you think about the recent claim? Oh, yeah. I think you make that claim because you don't feel comfortable with your backup interior offensive lineman. Like I mentioned, I think on the last episode, the swing tackles Hakeem Adeniji. But is the interior offensive line backup also Hakeem Adeniji? And then they go, they claim Max Sharping, who is definitely now the backup interior offensive lineman, in my opinion. Not backup center, I don't think he's played center. I don't know. I haven't watched him. Um, but uh, I've watched him play center. Sorry. I've watched him a little bit in Houston, but honestly not that much. I, whenever I've watched him though, I was thought like, yeah, he's fine. He's, he's all right. He's, he's a start. He's a starting probably low end starting caliber player. So I'm okay with this. And then, I mean, that's great depth to have a guy that's like a low end starter as your six well, offensive line, or at least your backup interior guy. I, I like this. I like that claim a lot. Um, he's pretty young still just, yeah, I, I, I think he, I guess he probably didn't win the position battle in Houston. Well, they just drafted Kenyon Green. That's probably why they just drafted his replacement. And then I know he costs like two million dollars or something. And maybe they figured they somebody would claim him and take away the guaranteed money or however that works. I'm not a, a cap expert, but I do think this this makes sense for Houston to cut him. I get more worried about the OJ Howards where it doesn't make sense to cut this guy. But when it's sharping and like they just drafted his replacement and you know, it wasn't as much money. I'm not as worried about it. And he's also not coming off a devastating injury. I don't know how you felt about it, but that was probably their best waiver claim, in my opinion. 
Yeah, and I think it scares a lot of people when you are picking so late in the rankings. I mean, it's good. It's a good problem to have if you're finishing in the 30s every year when it comes to claiming players. And the thing about all teams, everybody has different needs. You could probably see a bunch of guys in the last 24 hours, you would have said mm, they would have fit perfectly in Cincinnati when it comes to depth position. But personally, I think you add as much offensive line depth as you can. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You mentioned Hakeem Adeniji, and... I feel like it's kind of been a little bit of a project with Cincinnati and using him at different positions, you know, right when he was in his rookie year, obviously they've battled injuries on the offensive line. What do you think his future is this season on this offensive line and and where is he going to succeed the most? He feels like the swing tackle, like the guy that'll just come in, play left or right tackle. If somebody goes down, Uh, I do think they also like Prince. I don't, I don't know if there's that big of a difference between them. I might go Adenji between the two of them. Or maybe you go Adenji at left tackle, Prince at right tackle, and you don't really have a swing per se, but you have a backup in each position. I don't know. Um, yeah, I know fans are probably freaking out about hearing about the two Super Bowl starting players are still possibly going to play this year, but they're backups. The, you, you, they weren't so bad that you know they made the Super Bowl with them. It wasn't, it wasn't that big of a disaster. It wasn't good you don't want them to play but that's the reason they're a backup you're not going to have you know most teams don't have the the backup that's you know he could start on 20 other teams or something like that most teams have a backup that you know he's a backup and I think Hakeem Adenji and Isaiah Prince are fine backup level players they're both young could get better I think Hakeem Adenji did show a little bit more in the preseason um I don't know I I like I'm okay with them as the backup tackles. Um, And then I was really worried about the backup guard was all I was thinking. And then they get sharpened. So that's why I really like that is just, I kept thinking like, I don't think I'd want Carmen coming in because I I view him as a little lower on the totem pole than Prince and Adenogy. At least he looked like that during the preseason. So I'm glad they got a guy that can come in and provide. I mean, he's probably one of the better backup interior guys. I don't know. I'd have to look around. Maybe the, maybe there's more of those than I'm thinking. But yeah, he looks like one of the backer, one of the better backup interior guys. And then they probably have mid-level backup offensive tackles. But that's okay. You're not going to have the best. You know, they they don't have the best depth, and that's fine. It's gotten better. And that's that's what matters. Do you think this shuts the door on the Quentin Spain stuff? Um, it definitely does, at least to start the year, right? Because it, there's no room for him right now. Now I could see with injuries or something coming up, maybe he comes back. Like if Volson gets hurt and, or maybe Volson doesn't play well and then they try sharpening and sharpening gets hurt. Then maybe you're looking to bring in Spain. Cause he's just, it, it, he would be plug and play. You know, he knows the system. He's familiar with Jonah, um, not Karis, but you know, you'll get used to it. He, he did come in off the street and play decently well against the Titans. Uh, that one uh, was it two years ago so i think i think it it's not closed but it's it's shut 
it's kind of like uh you know cracked what did what did uh <laughs> i don't know if you've seen stranger things what did hopper say like three inches <laughs> that's how i feel about where the I door never is. finished it i never finished stranger things oh that's always decent two or three i think you know i didn't i didn't i didn't spoil anything too much you know okay. three inches you know <laughs> your teenage girl with your boyfriend that's where the door is it's like three inches from being shut I'm going to remember that with Quentin Spain from now on and the Bengals <laughs> offensive line, but we'll just stay with some of the moves since the last time that we even recorded this week, because it so much has happened and we knew that was going to happen with this roster. Any other surprises with some of the releases? And I feel like the gymnastics that they're currently doing with their roster. I guess they're doing the same thing with Brandon Allen that they do with Mike Thomas and Okay. <laughs> if these guys are cool with it, I guess it works. It's just roster voodoo and I don't really understand it. Uh, no. But if the, I assume they'll end up back on the team because they're not going to roll into week one with one quarterback. Now, I think the emergency is Tyler Boyd, but I don't know. Joe Mixon threw a pretty nice pass in that Super Bowl. I don't know. What, who would you roll with? They got one quarterback and Joe Burrow has to miss a series. Are you rolling with Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon? Okay, here's the thing about it. I would probably roll with Joe Mixon, and it's so crazy because we don't talk about that touchdown pass enough because of the loss. Because he took his, would... yeah, he took his glove off mid-play, didn't he? From what I remember, or did he throw it with a glove? I can't remember. It was just unbelievable what they decided to do. But I think that's one of those plays that I wish we were still talking about, and it doesn't feel good to talk about because it was awesome at the moment. But since they didn't win, it's like, mm, I don't even care. I don't even care what uh, happened in that game. But that was the one, man. That was the one that I would be playing on loop right now. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. It broke my heart because I was like the Bengals Philly special. And, you know, that would be everywhere right now. You know, they'd be talking about putting up the Joe Mixon throwing the ball statue. Uh, yeah. But they didn't come away with it. You know, they just have to run that again this year when they make the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, that's one of those things, though. I, I tell people all the time, there's so many highlights to go back in when, when you talk about the Super Bowl. And, you know, it's their offensive line. That's what I'm going to remember. Because you know what? If they would have had Riley Reef, they would have won the Super Bowl. Oh, man. I mean, I guess the thing that sucks is that it, it's Aaron Donald and you're sliding to him in that final play. Quentin Spain has the help. But then it's just, what, the at least top five greatest defensive players of all time just – being that it sucks but that's just is what it is i'm not to like go back on the super bowl because i did not plan to do that but there will be times this season that we will i'm not gonna lie when that last play went off i thought there was gonna be a flag and i thought they were gonna get another chance because it's like there's no way that the game's gonna end like this they can't end like this it's over and jamar's wide open for the walk off and yeah Oh, Why are we doing this to ourselves? <laughs> it started with the happy memories, you know, Joe Mixon throwing the touchdown. You know? <laughs> and the offensive line and all that fun stuff. I actually want to wrap it up just really quickly with the offensive line right now. And what does this mean for Jonah Williams when, you know, we do talk about the left guard position that's just kind of been up in there. I still don't know what Cordell Bolson will be when it comes to the starting offensive lineman right here. But can, can this help Jonah Williams too? Because – I don't think we appreciated what he did last season. No, I agree. I thought he was pretty good last year. Everybody's talking about what he'll be this year. And it's like, you guys see last year, like that, that's a guy I'd pay that, that played last year. I know he gave up some sacks, but that's also, you know, Burr is a big game hunter and he's going to try to extend plays and stuff. I don't think he has, but uh, yeah, I, I thought Jonah played pretty well. And uh, if he could be even better this year, awesome. I did think he improved throughout the year. His best game is probably the wild card game against the Raiders now that 
didn't keep going up from there, obviously, against Von Miller and all those guys. But I thought he's pretty good. He was a guy I'd pay last year. Like, I don't know if I would have said that his rookie year, but last year I'd say I'd pay him. And if he's even better, well, now it starts turning into, oh, boy, how much is he going to cost? But <laughs> um, I liked him last year. I like him this year. And uh, I don't know if the left guard – because that's the one position you could point to on the offensive line that that's – greater than 50% chance it's worse than last year because I I think Quentin Spain was pretty good and a fourth-round rookie, as good as he looked in the preseason, you know, he looked solid. Um, you don't know if he's actually going to be better. I thought they had pretty good communication on that left side, passing off stunts and stuff. That's one of Spain's uh, best attributes. So I don't know. I'm hoping it stays at least the same for Williams, but it could get better, uh, could probably get worse. But uh, – what I think of is just um, Gordon Olson. We'll find out how good he is because he's getting baptized by fire week one with the Cam Hayward matchup. I mean, that guy is awesome. It, not to face, but just, you know, <laughs> I respect the game. Well, I well, I saw your Twitter today. I saw your Twitter today and I saw the video. So, I mean, if, if fans want to see what, what the rookie is going to go up against, you can go to your Twitter page and, and see it all, Bengals underscore fans. But we have plenty to get to. I can't wait till next week because we're going to preview the actual game. But lots going on in the Bengals world this week. We'll have more coming up. And it's always game day in Cincinnati.